So faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, we know this is the exact definition. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't have faith in something you already have. You have to have faith in something you don't have. You have to believe for something you don't have. If you have it, why would you believe for it? I can't receive something if I don't believe for it. You can't believe for something you already have, and you can't receive something you've never believed for. Key points of last week. I'm going through this fast because I still want to get to today's message. Hallelujah. Key points from last week. Quick rundown. Number one, faith without works is dead. If you don't have action behind your faith, your faith is useless. James 2.17 in the English Standard Version. Put it on up for me. Hallelujah. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. Okay, just I like to back up everything I say with scripture because it sounds good. It may sound something weird, but I don't care what I think. It's what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Number two, faith without faith, it is impossible to please God. Go to Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hallelujah. So, how many of you want to please your king? I want to please God. You got to make sure you have faith. Hallelujah. Point number three. There are different levels to faith. Your faith is a muscle. Some people could have, a me- by the measure, look, let's read it. Romans 12, 3, New King James Version says, For I say, though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, Not to think himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly, according to God, hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So what does that mean? Does it mean anyone's better than you? Does it mean that Jesus loves me more than he loves you just because I'm up here? But it does mean that your faith does have a measure. Your faith is a muscle. Okay? Amen. I'm not going to get too deep into that. But your faith is a muscle. You can feed your faith. It's like going to the gym. The more you work it out, the stronger you're going to be. Some people have larger amounts of faith. Some people are fearful all the time. And that is a fact because the Lord says it right there. There is a measure of your faith. Hallelujah. And then finally, number four, number four is faith comes from hearing. Hallelujah. That's pretty self-explanatory. Hearing the word of God is how you strengthen your faith. Hallelujah. Now that we know about faith, what do we do to apply our faith? Well, now today's title is called Vision in Action. Vision in Action. What do we apply our faith to? Right there. I like that. Look at that. Whoever made that. Love it. Vision in action. Now, what do we apply our faith to? There's two key things that we can apply our faith to. And I'm going to get to the details now, but I'm going to give it, I'm going to make it very broad. The first one is the promises. There's over thousands of promises in the word of God. Thousands. So we all, that's one thing all of us need to do. Get fed by the word of God and apply our faith to the promises that are already established. Amen? 
Say amen. Health, freedom, healing, prosperity, authority, peace, restoration. So much more that I didn't say. You know, done all the fruits of the Spirit, gentleness, kindness, like all the good ones. Hallelujah. There's a lot. Thousands of different ones. And we're not going to go over all of them today because I'm going to focus on the other thing that we can apply our faith to, and that's the vision. You see, this one is a little different because the vision is a God-given vision. You see, that could be something specific towards you. It may not be, it may not be in Scripture, but you know it's from God. You see, all throughout the Bible, God had instilled different visions and different great men of God. Okay? Say amen if you're with me, church. Hallelujah. So, now that you know that, let's dig on vision. We know that the promises are in the Word of God, but now the vision is different. Vision is something that is God-given. And now the vision. What is the vision? Well, most of you know, some of you have visions that God has given you, something that's in your heart that is specific to you. But there's two types of visions. One can be a vision that is pleasant, a desirable one. Hold on, I'm getting somewhere. And the other one can be an undesirable vision, an unpleasant vision. Let's talk about the bad first, right? What could be an unpleasant vision? What are you talking about, pastor? Well, I'm about to tell you. Let's go to Acts 9, 10 through 17 in the English Standard Version. What could be an unpleasant vision? Hallelujah. Now there was a disciple at Damascus. Come on, put it up there. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision. Vision. And he said, here I am, Lord. Go to the next one. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he's praying. Go to the next one. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Now look what it says here. But Ananias answered the Lord. He said, Lord, have you heard who this man is? How much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Like, hey, this guy is going to kill me. Look what it says here in verse 14. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Go to the next one. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed. I love that line. Later on I'll get to that part. And entered to the house and laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me that you may gain, regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what am I saying here? Why did I bring up the story of Ananias? And the Lord was telling me, talk about Ananias. Ananias had a vision that it was started off extremely unpleasant. Do you know who this man Saul is? For those of you that don't know, he was on the way to Damascus. The Lord showed upon him. Suddenly, there was a big light. This is Saul. Became blind. And then the Lord used one of his servants, Ananias, to do a mission for him through a vision. It was an extremely unpleasant thing because everyone knew this Saul was the one that persecuted and killed people that believe in Jesus. 
So imagine, you know that I tell you, and I'm God, imagine if right now the Lord gives you a vision that says, hey, I need you to go to Saudi Arabia, and I need you to open up a Christian church. You know what they do to people that do that out there, right? You will get your head chopped off. This is how, kind of like what was going on with Ananias. This was a very unpleasant thing. Can you imagine when the Lord speaks to me and says, go, go, go into this place. But guess what? It was a very unpleasant vision, but the Lord used him to bless one of the most, the biggest pioneer of the Christian faith. And that man became later known as the Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Put your hands together, church. So you may have some unpleasant visions. Numerous times when I say unpleasant, I mean it starts off that way. But just because the Lord tells you, hey, go, go apologize to that person. That's, that, that's a seed. And there's a vision of that person maybe one day. I don't know how the Lord, the Lord can give you different visions and speak to you differently. Depending on where you're at with your life. This is something distinct. God does as he pleases. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is what God's going to tell you because that's between you and God. The vision that God instills in you, maybe you have to go and do something that the Lord tells you to do that you don't want to do. But guess what? You go. And look, right here in this verse, I love when it said here the word departed. Because when I read that, I thought, remember last week if you were here, we spoke about Abraham. And you see, that was another uncomfortable thing he had to do. You know what it is that the Lord tells him, hey, get all your things. Get your family and just go and get away from everyone and just walk along the desert. Like, what do you mean? Where am I going to go? But guess what? He went. And here it says in verse 17, after he tried to question God, do you know who this man is, Lord? Like, he was trying to get out of it. Are you sure? <laughs> then the Lord told him what was going to go down. The Lord told him that this man was a chosen one. And then he departed and he went to the house. Sometimes God's going to tell you something that you're not going to like sometimes. You may have a sour taste of it, but you go. Because you know that you will be blessed and that you will be a blessing. You never know what Saul can become a Paul in, your, in this generation. You never know what Saul can become a Paul in this generation. Come on. You can invite someone to church that become the next tremendo warrior for Christ. You never know. This isn't just, this is much deeper than that. We know we serve a God that does, makes the impossible possible, can use the man that was totally against him to be one of the top tier pioneers of the Christian faith. Hallelujah. Put your hands together, church. The vision. He came to him in a vision. Hallelujah. Now, other times... Which, which is the nice times, right? When you want something desirable. A vision that God gives you. And you say it's like a pleasant one. Okay, cool. He may see you with your future wife or future husband. That's nice. With your, you know, a nice house. Okay, that's a desirable vision, right? Come on now. Who wants to live in a nice house? Come on, church. Put your hands together. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Finding a spouse, a nice house, getting that promotion, opening up that business. Those are great. Seeing yourself flourish financially. Hallelujah. These are great. You see, let's go to Psalm 
Because I want, I want, I want, I'm going to, I'm going to open up your mind real quick here. Psalm 37, 4 says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, here we go. So this is the desires of my heart. I personally, I personally believe, me, that any individual that is a man or woman of God that seeks first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Before I talk to you about desires of homes and, 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 and a spouse and, and job and, and finances and what, if you will, you see, but there's nothing wrong with those things. It's like money. Money's a very delicate topic, a very delicate situation. But money isn't bad. Money's great. Abraham, the Bible says Abraham became one of the richest men in the world. But not because he loved money, but because he loved God. And when you love God, God will give you all the desires of your heart. But what if I tell you that those desires, the desires, if you're in alignment with God, God, everything is a seed. God gives you the vision. God will give you a specific vision. And that, now that desire that you had was a seed that he planted there in the first place. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say that again. Let's say that again. You guys are watching me on live on the internet. Listen to this. This is so true, though, because you got the spirit of God within you. You're in alignment with him. You're being obedient to him. God's going to give you the spirit of God is just going to be it's going to be a, a, a seed that's been planted in you. So that desire that you have, he planted it in there. And now it becomes a vision because now you don't have it from the inside. Now that desire that's in your heart that God put in there. Now you can start believing for it. And you see it in your vision because now you have to believe for something and you know that that desire, which is desire, a desirable vision, God-given vision, hallelujah, God-given desire becomes a vision. And you see now that vision, you activate your faith to receive what you're seeing in here. You see, you have to see it before you achieve it. That's why it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What you're hoping for, you already see it in your spirit, and it becomes a part of you. You already see that job. You already see that house. You already see, come on, church. And once you see it in here, you believe for it, and then becomes evident. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Once you have a desire, then you must see what you want from within the vision. Then apply your faith toward that vision in order for your desire to become a reality. Hallelujah. Three things that will occur in fulfilling your vision. Once you fulfill your vision, these three things are always going to happen. The first thing. In order for you to receive that vision, whatever the Lord has instilled in you, you must apply faith. Amen? You must have applied faith towards that vision in order to receive whatever it is that you're wanting or whatever desire the Lord has put in your heart. Whatever you're desiring. Hallelujah. Number two, the outcome will always be pleasant. Always you know how great it is? Even though maybe you don't like the fact that the Lord told you to do something, you do it, and then later, hallelujah. Ananias did not want to go and do what he did, 
but he did it anyway. He questioned God, but then he was obedient even though he wasn't in agreement. Sometimes God will tell you to do something. You don't got to be in agreement with him. You should, but if you don't like it, but God tells you to go, you may not understand why. But we're not called to understand why. We're called to believe. And you go and you get what God said for you to do because there's always something greater in the end. And regardless if you're in agreement, if you don't understand the why, you go because you know God will never leave you, will never abandon you, will never forsake you. God will always be with you. The vision may be pleasant or unpleasant, but in the beginning it may start off as, wow, I know I need to do this. You have to crucify your flesh, but the outcome will always be pleasant. Can you imagine how Ananias must have felt after he found out how Paul later on changed his life because he, God used him to place his hands on him? How amazing Saul became later Paul? Imagine how God can use you to bless someone and all of a sudden they become, wow. And, all, and it was just because of a seed that you planted because God told you to do it. Don't ever limit God. Ever limit God. Ever limit God. But the outcome will always be pleasant. And the desirable one, amen, the desirable vision, the pleasant vision, you will be happy. But now, there's going to be times though, guys, it's not easy. Maybe you want something, and another thing is, there's a difference between want, and there's a difference between will. I will do this. I will. I want. I want to go, I want to be a lawyer. I want to have the house. I want to get married one day. I want health. That's nice, what you want. Now, how about this? I will be a lawyer. I will have that house. I will get married. I will conquer that. There's a difference. One has weight to it. Want has nothing to do with it. What you say, what you speak, what you believe. You will do this. You will do that. You will achieve the vision. You will conquer the unconquerable. You will obtain the unobtainable. You will do all things through Christ. Not that I want to. I'm going to. There's a difference. And in the vision, you have to apply your faith towards the vision. If God said it, you have to believe it, and you will achieve it. Hallelujah. Put your hands together if you believe that. Amen. Look what it says here in Acts 2, 17. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Hallelujah. Go to the next verse, Habakkuk 2, verse 3. Look what it says here. This is beautiful. For still the vision awaits, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. 
If it seems slow, wait for it. Surely it will come. It will not delay. Sometimes we press forward, press forward, believe for something, and all of a sudden, the darkest hour is right before the dawn. And it's sad when you see people throw the towel right before the sun's about to come up. And right when your blessings are on the corner, sometimes the attacks may come hard. It's going to happen. But you got to get fed. You got to understand that your faith is a muscle. You need to strengthen it so then you can apply it to the word of God, to the promises that God has for you in his word. And then you can apply it to the vision that God has given you, to the desires that you want. Because you got to believe for it. And how do you believe? With your faith. And how strong your faith is will impact what you receive. Because if you're not strong enough, I don't care. I said this last week. If I went to the gym today and I was next to the Hulk, <laughs> he's going to bench press more than me. That's a fact. How strong is your faith? How, by the measure, there's a measure. I want, you guys have to have the different mentality. Look what it says here. For the vision awaits its appointed time. It, look, it's appointed time. It hastens. What does hastens mean? It's quick. It could happen sooner than you think. That's what hastens means. I read, I read it out. I read it right before, uh, well, before I, 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 before I wrote down this verse in my notes. It will happen sooner than you think. Do you believe that? Say amen. Say amen. Stand to your feet, church. Stand to your feet. Do you want to fulfill the vision that God has placed in you? Do you want to fulfill the vision that God has placed in you? Say amen. Say, I will achieve it. I will conquer. I will achieve the unachievable. Hallelujah. I will obtain the vision, the desire that God has instilled in me. Put your hands together, church. I will. No more I want. I will. No more I want. I will. You have to have weight. There's, a, there's power when you speak like that. There's power. I will be healed. I will conquer. Why? Because it's promised to me. Why? Because it's a God-given thing that, was, that I know it's from God. If God put it there, he's no man that he needs to lie. By his stripes, I'm healed. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. And let me tell you, there will be a weapon. This is what the Bible says. Pay attention. No weapon formed against you will prosper, okay? So it won't prosper. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be formed. There's going to be something formed. There's going to be a battle. There's gonna, it's going to rain. It won't prosper, but 
It's going to be there. You're just going to have to pierce right through it and know who you are in Christ. That's why you got to keep feeding yourself, going, getting, getting, get, dig deeper, dig deeper. Spend time in the Word of God. And you'll begin to walk differently. You'll begin to do things differently. I remember one time, I'm going to say a quick story. Well, this, is actually, this actually happened to me like a month and a half ago. Um, I, I closed a business deal, praise the Lord. Amen. And I'm going gonna, gonna to keep on coming. God's the one that, that brings, that brings. I'm also a businessman, ladies and gentlemen. I have several different businesses. God is good. But I'm going to give you my experience. I went through something, right? I, I, I closed the deal. It was a real estate one. Hallelujah. I closed the deal. But you see, what happens is this money was in an escrow. This money was in escrow. What escrow means is it was in another trust account, another account, right? And the point is, is that that money, it, it was in the escrow, and I have to wait for them to send me a wire transfer to my personal account so I can use these funds. What's the point of making a bunch of money somewhere or whatever, X amount of dollars somewhere, and you can't use it? What's the point of that? That's horrible. I want my money. <laughs> right? If you have it, you made it. Like, hey, now I want to use what I want to use. It's mine. Hallelujah. First few tithes, by the way. That's another ball game. That's something that's, that's, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll touch that topic another day. But this is the point of the story. So what happened was they sent the wire transfer. But the thing is, is that it happened at the end of the business day on Friday. So I had to wait till Monday to receive it. Because it just, it, they did it late and sometimes it happens. It has to be during business days for you to receive this wire. The wire transfer. So, but the thing is, there was a time that on Saturday, I needed to use it. Because I saw some investment that I wanted to invest in. But I needed that money to be able to do it. What good is it if you have something but have no access to it? You see, the same works with God. You have all the things. It is already finished. All of it's done. Jesus conquered the grave. It's already done. Your health's already there. Your prosperity's already there. Your freedom is already there. Your peace is already there. Your authority's already there. Your restoration's already there. But why don't you have it? Because your faith is that wire transfer. You need those funds to come in. Your faith is what activate, activates that. So it can go to your account. So you can use it. So you can have it. Activate your faith towards the vision. And you will have it. So many things we have, but not everyone has it. Why? Well, because they don't believe. Faith. Faith is that transfer. And it goes through right away. Well, there's no waiting. There's no business days with God. You get that thing right away, hallelujah. You tell yourself right now in the name of Jesus, my time is now. I'm getting it now. Because I believe without a zero doubt. Hallelujah. Put your hands together, church. Amen. Wow. Vision in action. Put it to action by believing in it. And regardless of what comes your way, keep pushing, pursue, pursue. It's right around the corner. Don't give up. Amen. Before I go, before I close, I want to make sure that everyone in this room, because once again, remember there's, 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 
everything that I am saying here that I preach today is only valid for those of you who are children of God those of you who are children of God know who you are because now you already have access to receive the blessings because you have the spirit of God living in you now you know the day you die you're going to go to heaven amen it's that the so this everyone I'm preaching here is to those that have surrendered their life to Jesus you now as Christians we can operate in this realm knowing that we have access to achieve whatever we want that doesn't mean that it happens because sometimes people don't believe for things and there's Christians that unfortunately just stay home sitting down and don't do anything they'll go to heaven but they'll be miserable here on this earth because it's just the way it is it's unfortunate God wants to use you God wants to bless you but if you don't believe for something you're not gonna get it but now if you are not saved you see the only thing you can do with your faith right now is receive the gift and this is for those of you here now and those that are watching me live what do you mean gift Albert what are you talking about for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would she will not perish but will have everlasting life you see for those of you that have never received Jesus, have never publicly confessed Jesus, have never surrendered their life to Jesus, it's impossible for you to apply anything with faith because you don't have the Jesus living within you. You don't have the Spirit of God. In order to receive the Spirit of God is through Jesus Christ. God gave it. It was a gift. He died for your sins. The majority of us here have already surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. And we know that it's impossible without God. Hallelujah. Those of you that are in here, listen, uh, most of us here have already surrendered our lives to Christ. But if you're in here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you need to make a decision today. You need to activate your faith because through faith, that's how you can receive it. The Bible said, what do I need to do in order to receive Jesus Christ? What do I need to do, Will? You need to do what the large majority of us have done. And that is confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. That Jesus Christ died and resurrected from the grave to give you the victory. It's a simple 30 second prayer. You may be saying, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, have you surrendered your life to him? Have you made him Lord of your life? There's a difference between believing in something and surrendering and making it Lord of your life. In the Quran, Muhammad believed in Jesus. I don't know if he's in heaven. I couldn't tell you what happened if he repented or not right before. But if he didn't, we know he ain't there. I'll be honest with you. The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the door. No man can enter the Father except through me.